It's a top selector. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I know you're gonna dig this. The Mice Fist. Fist hits the bag. One, two, and comes back. Single fist here. You hear that beat? Think outside the box and be your excellent on top of them clocking them, sending back to the corner for oxygen. Fist. Golden gloves, I know Fist myself, rolling. I know the game, it's not a game, I know the ring, I want the belt. Finding the rhythm, they hit him, split him and touch him and tip him, hit that six pack, with that pitch jab. Pop a cut the bro, making them fall down, breaking them all down, switch stands, hippie toe, in the hands, give him some more. You are not Muhammad Ali, anomaly of Mayweather, Pocky out, prodigy in the midst of this, 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 S2, I the rock, think out the box, you know I got the rock, speed back. That would be a little Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is Maestro, and I just got back to my home studio after training um, a fighter outdoors. Young kid today was a lot of fun. The weather here in New York City is nice and hot, and it was uh, nice to be outside in the park taking advantage of the beautiful weather. I hope everyone is doing well. Hit the like button right away. Hit the subscribe button if you're new to the channel. And uh, if you don't know, well, now you know this is Punchlines. And we are about to get started by talking about what happened Saturday night. My view was a little bit different than some of the things I've been hearing from other people. So let's go. It is Punchline. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plan it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a taste. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. And I'm back. So, whew, Saturday night, uh, where do I start? I guess we could start with the fact that after round one, it became immediately apparent to me that this fight was not going to be a competitive fight, something that I really thought Pretty much as soon as this fight was announced, um, it was a shock. So I'm a little bit surprised that other people are surprised. You know, it's funny because I once had an administrator tell me once, I'm confused why you're confused when I asked this particular person uh, a question about when I would be getting my lunch break. And this particular person was apparently confused that I felt it was important that I take lunch. Anyhow, that term kind of is now stuck in my mind. I'm confused why you're confused. I'm confused why people are confused that this wasn't a competitive fight. I'm confused why people are confused that Charlo essentially was trying to go to the distance and not sustain that much punishment. I'm confused why people are confused that a guy who, albeit is champion, but champion at 154 pounds, not at 160, not at 168, not at 165, was not that competitive with, Arguably one of the most talented and accomplished, if not the most talented, the most accomplished active fighter in the sport and the undisputed champion of the world at 168 pounds. 
I'm confused why people are confused that this ended up being anything different than it was. Let me put this in the context for people, right? When Josh Taylor was undisputed at 140, this would have been like him going up to 154 pounds and being competitive against Jermel Charlo after a long spell of inactivity, after a serious injury, after a surgery. In his very first fight back, he goes up to weight divisions and takes on the best in that division. I'm confused why you're confused. Uh, I really am. Legitimately. What were people expecting? 154-pounder. Coming off of a long spell of inactivity. Coming off of a serious hand injury that apparently required surgery and rehab, or at least required rehab. Maybe it didn't require surgery. Don't quote me on that. But I know it was long enough and, and serious enough for him to have to, by his own words, submit all kind of MRIs and tests to the WBO just to be able to keep his title for as long as he did at 154 pounds. I'm confused why people are confused. I really am. Now, if you want to blame anybody, don't blame Jamel Charlo. Blame the broadcaster. Blame the promoter. By the way, this was co-promoted by Canelo. Blame the matchmaker. Blame the cable operator that you paid 80 plus dollars to. But what exactly were you expecting from Jamel Charlo after a long spell of inactivity, after coming off a hand injury, after moving up not one but two weight divisions? And by the way, this isn't moving up from 105 to 108 to 112 or doing what Bam Rodriguez did. I mean, to go up to 115, this is going up 14 pounds against one of the hardest punching guys in and around that weight division. I'm confused why you're confused. I really am. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm willing to admit that maybe I see things a little bit differently sometimes. There are obviously other perspectives out there. So I'm going to go to the chat right now, and you guys let me know. Am, am, am I the one who's confused? Maybe I need help. Maybe I need to go and, and rethink all of this. But when this fight was first announced, I was like, really? Okay. Oh, wait, that Charlo? Oh, not 160, because he's inactive. He hasn't fought in a long time. He's arguably shouldn't even be the champion right now. They should be handing that over to Carlos Adames. But now they're going to go for the baby twin brother that's at 154, a super welterweight junior middleweight who's going to be moving up two weight divisions to take on the undisputed guy at one. Wait, wait, wait. I'm confused why you're... I was actually confused. I was like, really? Jermel Charlo? But now I'm double confused because it's like, yeah, he was trying to go to distance. Dude, he's a professional fighter. He's trying to preserve himself for another fight. 
Okay. And by the way, you know, I don't know if he made six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars, but you back a dump truck full of that kind of bread up to anybody's driveway, and they're gonna try to take that money right to the bank. So I'm confused why people are confused, legitimately. But uh, here we go. Let, let's see what some of you guys are saying, because maybe I'm the one who's confused about the fact that Charlo should have done, I guess, fought to get knocked out after a long spell of inactivity. I don't know. Here we go. Team Batman Boxing, thank you so much. Canelo looked very sharp. Probably the best performance since the Callum Smith fight. Controlled every moment in both those fights. I agree 100%. The difference was that Callum Smith was probably a natural light heavyweight who killed himself to make a super middleweight and was obviously a lot bigger and sturdier and, uh, than Jermel Charlo, despite the fact that he had that kind of bicep injury to his left arm. Um, Team Batman also says, and Charlo went for greatness. It didn't pay off. Much respect to both Warriors. That's sport and boxing at the highest level. 100%. Uh, Team Batman Boxing says, again, Canelo 64 fights, never hit the canvas, and has beat more champions than anyone else active in boxing. Crazy numbers and too many records and stats to mention. Uh, legend. Yeah, he is a legend. And he's also a legend at 168, uh, being the first undisputed at 168 in the four-belt era. I believe he's the first Mexican undisputed in the four-belt era. Um, by the way, the four-belt era thing's kind of bullshit because I've gone through this many times. I mean, who says that the WBO is better than the IBO? I, I don't know. Lennox Lewis held the IBO title. He, why wasn't that the four-belt era? But that's another topic for another show. Uh, pugilism when is expected people trashing charlo but if you have a good idea of boxing it's no surprise actually credit mel for getting uh for not getting ko'd and saving canelo decision win i agree i mean when he said oh you know a lot of other people are getting knocked out i didn't get knocked out that caught him a little bit of slack but you know Canelo's last knockout was Caleb Plant. Following that win, he didn't knock out Bivol. He didn't knock out Triple G. He didn't knock out John Ryder. But the difference is those guys weren't coming off of long spells of inactivity and moving up two weight divisions to fight Canelo. Uh, moving on. Pugilism also said both fighters always accountable for fighting for control and automatically bagging those seven rounds. KOs are a bonus. Boxing is last man standing. No incentive for Canelo to give Mel free shots. There you go. To be fair, totally agree. Looking back, Canelo was always going to watch Charlo 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, Charlo essentially saved this card because my understanding is that it was supposed to be his brother and then he stepped up. My understanding is that Either Canelo didn't want to fight Benavides or Benavides wasn't serious about fighting Bene, uh, Charlo, uh, uh, Canelo. And I'll be honest, to me, the boogeyman in the division is David Morel Jr. I think he beats everybody at 168. And I've been consistent about saying that. 
Uh, pugilism, enjoying the Bud Canelo debates, all for Bud Canelo. Once upon a time, there was about five weight classes and skilled guys like Duran fought Barkley. Not got no problem with Bud Canelo. I also don't think that that's going to be a competitive fight. There are weight divisions for a reason. Canelo is too big. Canelo is too skilled. The punches that damaged and hurt and busted up Errol Spence Jr. are not going to have that effect on Canelo. They're just not. So if people are expecting Charlo maybe to pity pad his way to victory, I don't know about that either because Canelo is too skilled an offensive and defensive fighter. He's much more skilled than Errol Spence Jr., whether people want to acknowledge it or not. See, a lot of people seem to watch boxing through the lens of bias, oftentimes ethno-racial bias, oftentimes nationalistic bias. And Canelo, for whatever reason, I'm just going to say it. He doesn't get credit for the skill that he has and displays, I think, because he's Mexican. I've said this for a while. When people say, oh, Mexican style, they're not talking about some of the most skilled fighters in the world that have come out of a country called Mexico, they're talking about the ballroom brawl Mexican fighters fighting, you know, in, in, in ballrooms in Tijuana, Mexico. They're not talking about the skilled, the polished uh, Mexican fighters of today and of yesteryear. And the list is too long to mention. From the lower weight classes, like uh, Finito Lopez, all the way up through the divisions to Canelo at 168. Mexico has a long history of skilled fighters, but unfortunately, Mexican boxing has been tagged with the idea that it's somehow, you know, a, a tough man contest, you know? Um, I've never bought into that. You know, my father, sorry, my grandfather's born in Mexico, very proud Mexican, out of Quintana Roo, Mexico. Um, the son of, of Cuban immigrants, or Jamaican Cuban immigrants to, to, to that part of Mexico. So I've been brought up in Mexican culture through my mom's side of the family. And I was brought up on boxing. So, of course, I know that there's skilled Mexican fighters. Always have been, always will be. Some of the greatest teachers of the sport are in Mexico and in Mexican gyms. So... I'm not, look, people got to start giving him some credit for being a highly skilled fighter because he absolutely is. I just don't think that he gets a lot of credit for that. Again, boxing oftentimes, unfortunately, is, unfortunately is seen through an ethno-national racial lens. And that is very unfortunate. Um, you guys are dropping a lot of great comments here. Pugilum said, it's always been about skills and reasonable weight challenges, but Canelo... Not a far stretch given 154 to 168, all filled with lower tier fighters, not Canelo or Bud. Mel can get Bud fight 168, though. I don't really know. Um, I don't really know about that one. Uh, oh, I saw a comment about the zone. I'm going to get to that one in a moment. Round one, Charlo has been running his mouth about Canelo for years. Canelo puts hands on him and Char Charlotte, I think he means Charlo, doesn't fight back, but it's not Charlo's fault. Make it make sense. I'll make it make sense for you right now, round one. This is the problem with being a twin. And this is the problem with being Jamel Charlo. 
everything your brother does becomes something that you both did. Everything that your brother says becomes something that you both said. So I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say stuff about Jermel Charlo that are things that Jermel Charlo has done. So, you know, I don't know if he's been running his mouth for years, quote unquote. I've seen that narrative. Are you sure it wasn't Jermel Charlo running his mouth? Because it was Jermel Charlo talking about fighting Bivol for, quote unquote, undisputed when Bivol isn't even undisputed. It was Jermel Charlo. Uh, involved with pushing women and that check incident, I believe it was at, at an Applebee's. All of these things I've heard c- attributed to Jermel Charlo. Oh, Jermel Charlo doesn't fight anybody. Wait, he's Jermel Charlo's in act. No, he's not. Like, come on, it's Jermel, not Jermel. And sometimes if Jermel does something, it's not Jermel and vice versa. That is just my two cents on that matter. Rod says, Maestro, what are the chances PBC goes to the zone? Fam, I'm about to go in on the zone. So that, that's actually the next segment of punchlines. I'm going to go in because I think it's doomsday for the zone, and I'm going to explain why. All right, so we're going to get into that one in a moment. Yes, I agree with this much. Reese Mack, you're 100% right. He did do it for the money, as would 99.9999999% of fighters. I'm going to give you six, seven, eight, nine, ten million plus pay per view upside to fight Canelo. Will you take it? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Where, where's, where can I sign the check? Where can I sign in for that payday? Where can I, where else could Charlo, Jermel, make anywhere near the money that he just made to fight Canelo? Tim Zoo? No. Brian Mendoza? No. I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, come on now. It's obvious why he took the fight. Uh, Chicano Prophet, salute to you, bro. He says certain fighters are willing to go out on their shield, which is always a factor. Charlo never really went for it. I agree. But you know what? Not everybody has to go out on their shields. A lot of fighters don't go out on their shields. I would actually say that the majority of fighters don't go out on their shields. And by the way, when a fighter goes out on his shields, you know who I blame for that? The fucking trainer. Because no fighter should go out on his shields. That's why he has a trainer. That's why he has a coach. Fighters shouldn't be going out on their shield. This isn't Russell Crowe. This isn't Gladiator. All right? This isn't Mr. Burns on The Simpsons talking about how, in my day, fighters fought for 200 rounds. And if one of them wasn't killed, we demand our nickel back. Something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. That was something that Mr. Burns said on The Simpsons when I was a kid. Always stuck with me, being the boxing fan that I am. He should have tried to win, Reese Mack says. Khan went for it. I've heard that too. Khan went for it. Triple G went for it. I get it. I understand. But at the same time, did any of you really think that Charlo was going to be competitive with Canelo? Or is this more, I wanted to see a Canelo knockout? Because that's the those are the vibes that I'm getting. Oh, man, Canelo, I really wanted him to get the knockout. Charlo didn't go for it. I'm going to blame Charlo 
that this mismatch happened and that it wasn't competitive. And I really wanted Charlo to go for it so that he'd get knocked out. Because if Charlo went for it, Charlo would have gotten knocked out on his shield, so to speak. I, would, I wouldn't do it. You know, I said this about another fight. I forget which one it was. I said if I was managing the guy, I'd put him in there. And the minute shit hits the fan in the fight, I'm throwing in the towel. We get paid. I get my percentage. The fight happened. You give it for as long as you can, and then you call it a day. As long as he could be competitive, you know how long that was in that fight? About three quarters of round one. That's all I needed to see. I fell asleep during the fight. These fights happen so late here on the East Coast. I fell asleep. All I saw from round one to when I fell asleep at around round seven was Canelo landing vicious, powerful shots that, at least from my viewing point, seemed to echo throughout the T-Mobile arena. Like, you could literally hear the snap on the punches. And then when Charlo threw, it was like, I don't know, what, what a wet noodle? So I don't really know. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And if you're new to the channel, this is Punchlines. Um, Dexter Smith says, Canelo could not knock out 154 pounder shame. Here's the thing about that, though, Dexter. Charlo's a highly skilled 154 pounder, and a highly skilled fighter knows how not to get knocked out. Let me tell you something. If Manny Pacquiao had decided to play it safe and go 12 rounds against Juan Manuel Marquez, he would have never been face-planted the way he was. But not every fighter is Manny Pacquiao, and Jermel Charlo is definitely no Manny Pacquiao. So uh, there you go. Um, let's see where we go. We got Slide Tendency here. Thank you. Uh, slide tendency. He's been a member for 19 months now. Shout out to the family. Shout out to you, brother. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Sly. So uh, there we go. Um, I'll let you guys on if you want to talk about that one. Uh, but that those are my thoughts. All right. And um, I agree with something that Chase Athletics says, he says, it's empty pride just to get knocked out. I agree. And, um, well, Charlo has problems with come forward guys like Castaño. We saw him kind of struggle a little bit, especially in the first fight. That fake Mexican monster can get it next, or Alex Ferguson. I think the fake Mexican thing is regarding the fact that his mom's Ecuadorian. Um, he's born in Phoenix, lives in Seattle. Uh, I know for a fact that Mexicans don't consider him to be Mexican. Uh, but then Mexicans don't consider Oscar De La Hoya to be Mexican. So the Mexicans don't consider pretty much anybody that lives in the United States and has U.S. citizenship and was born in the United States to be Mexican. So I know that because I have a lot of Chilango friends. I used to live in Mexico City. Um, as I said earlier, my grandfather was Mexican, R.I.P. Carlos. Uh so it is what it is, but uh, yeah, um, I don't want to get into too much of that. But here's what I have to talk about next. And by the way, if you don't know, now you know this is 
punchlines. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button for me, guys. And welcome people over to the park. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plant it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a taste. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. All right, so I was asked earlier about the zone. And I got to keep it real with my people over here on my channel because you know the real ones rock out with me over here. The real ones that you know, really do the deep dives into these conversations, into these fights, into these topics, and try to understand not just what happens on in the ring inside those four corners. What does David Diamante say? From the four corners of the world to the four corners of this ring. Well, yeah, we, we like to talk about what happens in the four corners, but we also like to have, talk about what happens kind of on the business side, too. And to be honest, I think it's doomsday for the zone, for the zone boxing. Uh, I think the writing's on the wall, and I'm gonna lay the foundation here a little bit. I'm gonna go back, 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 back in time. All right, um, because there are some interviews out there. I'm sure you guys have seen them. These are some classics from the vault. Shout out to ES News, Ellie Secback reporting for this one uh, from the vault. You guys are going to enjoy this one because when the zone came out guns blazing, we heard stuff like this. Here we go. For many, 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 many fighters, yeah. I think that unless you're Floyd Mayweather, unless you're Conor McGregor, unless you're Canelo, who is no longer on pay-per-view, then I think pay-per-view is dead unless the price point changes. $84.99. I mean, our, our pay-per-views are $25. Joshua, eighty-five dollars, eh? Especially if you've got one in December, January, and February. At what point is the fight fan going to turn around and go, oh, "It's enough, it's enough"? You don't mind a little one-off, you know? You get your friends round, you have your pizzas, you have your tacatis. But every month, you know, because you're going to get to a level where fans are going to say. I don't know, uh, Garcia against Spence. Great fight. But no, no, we're not paying $90 for that fight. Pacquiao Brona. No. You know, Wilder Fury. I don't, you know, they're not Canelo Golovkin. They're not Mayweather Pacquiao. They're not. All right, so you heard it right there. You know, they came out guns blazing, pay per views dead. You heard him talk about the $80, $85 price for him. Well, last time I checked, they still selling these fights at that price. And last time I checked, the zone went from the all-you-can-eat buffet to the McDonald's dollar menu at Michelin five-star restaurant prices. Like, come on now. It all started from what I remember with Bivol versus Canelo. That was the zone pay-per-view, right? Uh, and since then, I mean, what has been the significant fight on the zone? What is the significant fight on the calendar for the zone? I don't really know. And as much as I like Ade and, you know, these guys that I've met at, that work for the zone, you know, Akin Barak, I see them around at all the fights. I've seen them in Vegas. I've seen them in New York. I mean, are you really paying $225 to watch the DAZN boxing show? Because that's pretty much the most consistent content they have on this channel. 
because it's not major fights. You know, I used to go in and log in and show you guys the DAZN login screen and their schedule. But I don't need to keep doing it because there's nothing pretty much there. And here is how you know, in my opinion, that it's pretty much over for DAZN. Do you remember when, you know, these offers were coming out? They were, getting, they were making these offers. I mean, this was the first offer uh to Wilder. I'm sure you guys will remember this one. This was a funny one again out of the the vault here. I believe this one's from IFL TV. It's Eddie Hearn. He's talking about offers to Wilder. I believe he said that Wilder wants seven million. I want an eleven inch you know what. Let's have a listen. It's not I want seven million. Why? We run a business. I can tell you how much money is in that fight. I don't need you to tell me that he said like, uh, anyway, so we're gonna go back, we're gonna improve our offer. It's certainly not gonna be $7 million or anywhere close. They offered 7 million to Wilder. I think that was the second offer because the first one I think, oh no, Wilder wanted 7 million. I think the first offer was, was uh, about 3 million. And then the money bags of the zone started, right? And big offers from the zone were being made, right? And here's another one from the vault, Fino Boxing, all right? A salute to Fino Boxing. I've seen her in a few fights as well. Um, I'm going to play it for you guys because there was a time when the zone was in the business of making nine-figure deals, nine-figure deals for Golovkin, nine high nine-figure deals for Canelo, and even a nine-figure deal for uh, Deontay Wilder was in the cards. Let's have a listen. There's been a lot of reports, and there was obviously huge amounts of money offered to Wilder for those fights. It didn't work out for you know, reasons known to Deontay. Right now, what we do know is Joshua's fighting Miller on June the 1st. Uh, Wilder's fighting Brazil on May the 18th. They've both got a win. You know, Joshua's got a tougher fight, but Brazil can fight, you know, they both got to stay focused. There you go. I won't uh, go into too much of that one, but $100 million were on the table. The zone pretty much was offering, you know, $300 million plus to Canelo, $100 million plus to Triple G, $100 million plus to Deontay Wilder. And now, whoa, 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 whoa. We're being told that the Wilder versus Joshua fight can't happen because the money that was offered from Saudi Arabia has been removed from the table. What happened to the zone? I thought the zone was the multi-billion dollar corporation. I thought the zone was the money bags. I thought the zone was the pay-per-view killer. I thought the zone was going to offer us all of these fights for the all-you-can-eat buffet flat fee, which started off as $9.99 a month, $100 a year, $99 a year. Then it went up and went up and went up. Now we're at $225 per year. But here's the problem. When I go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, I'm like Homer Simpson. I want 
all I can eat. Remember that? Remember Homer at the fish restaurant? They had to, cl- they had to you know, lock him, lock him out of there because he was running them out of business, right? I've been going to the all-you-can-eat since I was a teenager, probably younger, but by myself or with friends as a teenager. Imagine you go to the all-you-can-eat and all they got is plain rice, plain pasta, iceberg lettuce, and it's all you can eat. You're not going to like that all-you-can-eat buffet. That's not what you paid your money for. And that's what the zone is right now. Because I'm sorry that the zone boxing show is white rice. The zone boxing show is plain pasta. The zone boxing show is, guess what? Iceberg lettuce. They don't even have the balsamic vinaigrette. So here's the thing. Why in the name of... Well, I'm I'm not going to get religious here. Why in the world would somebody spend $225 a year for what's being offered right now? And by the way, they're telling us, Eddie Hearn is telling us, the zone doesn't have money to bankroll these fights. Why do they have to go to Saudi Arabia? Can't the zone just foot the bill? Can't the zone just... Well, what happened to the nine-figure offers? What happened to the nine figures that Canelo was getting, that Triple G was getting, that they supposedly offered Joshua? Now they're running all over, head in hand, knees on the on the ground, begging the Saudis for money to put on fights because they don't have any fights. What fights do they have that you're interested in? And don't talk to me about these influencer fights that they're charging pay-per-view dollars for on the zone. I'm sorry. Stop it with that. Those don't count. They don't count. They don't count. So it's just one of these. Okay. So I mean it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty honest. It's pretty honest to me that this is the issue. Now Base the kid, you know, I, I, I'm assuming the zone is is you're the zone subscriber, you like the zone, you're happy with what you're paying for the zone. But I'll tell you why this is a talking point now, base the kid. Let me break this down to the hardcore casual. Cause I'm hardcore. I'm no casual. I'm I'm hardcore when it comes to this boxing. So, you know, you may want to get a piece of paper and some and some and a pencil and just start to take notes right now, base. This is what wasn't true three years ago. Three years ago, base, the zone wasn't putting fights on pay-per-view. Three years ago, base, the zone wasn't doing influencer boxing on pay-per-view. They are right now. And three years ago, base, the zone wasn't charging two. 125 plus fucking dollars a year for a zone subscription to get very minimal high level content. So that wasn't true two years ago, and it definitely wasn't true three years ago. So they're asking us to pay more for paying less. I hope that makes sense. That is why this is a talking point right now.
Anyhow, it is doomsday now, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm telling you why it's doomsday. It's doomsday because, as I said, I like watching Ade, and, you know, I don't have any kind of issues with Ak and Barak. I think that Tony Bellew shouldn't be scoring fights, but the DAZN boxing show is not going to be enough to get people to pull the trigger on $225 a month. Definitely not your hardcore fans, because I know hardcore fans that are dropping the zone the way people are no longer getting these booster shots. You see, when the vaccine came out, people, oh, you know, I got to keep my job. I got to get it. You know, sign me up for the jab. How many people out there getting number six, number seven, and number eight booster? Well, the renewal this year, which for a lot of people is coming up in October, November, and December, that represents the seventh and eighth booster shot. Are you going to get it? That's the question. Anyhow, um, if you guys think I'm off on this, let me know. Drop a comment. They certainly did. Um, and uh, let me let me know what you think. I got one more topic I want to hit, but let me know. Am I off? Was this all Charlo's fault? Am I off? Are you going to be renewing your DAZN subscription at $225 plus a year? Um, so I, I don't know. Let, let me know what you guys think. But personally, I don't blame Charlo for what happened on Saturday. There's a guy coming off a long spell of inactivity. This was a guy coming off a serious hand injury. This was a guy w moving up two weight divisions. And I'm confused why people are confused that that wasn't a competitive fight and that he essentially didn't fight to get knocked out by Canelo. I'm confused why people are confused. I'm confused. Unless it's because you got suckered, okay, and you didn't pay or you paid the 80 whatever dollars or you wanted to see a Canelo knockout, I get it. I thought Canelo was going to get the knockout against Ryder, and I thought that there was a high probability that he was going to get the knockout against Charlo. It didn't happen. So um, it is what it is. Last thing I want to get into uh, real quickly over here, and uh, this this is actually kind of a disappointing thing for me, really. Um, but it's something that, I'm going to be very careful in the way I talk about. I'm going to be very careful about this because I've already faced uh, I've already faced a certain level of uh, demonetization for the fact that uh, I have talked about uh, certain topics on my channel. Uh, there's a certain fighter from a certain country who is the WBA light heavyweight champion of the world who I have sought to uh, defend uh, for what I think is very unfair treatment at the hands of the WBC and other sanctioning bodies that won't allow him to take on another fighter who's from the same country who fights in the same weight division. There's that. Uh, but... This is very disappointing. And I'll be honest, before I bring on Bass the Kid over here, I want to get this out of the way because I don't know if Bass is going to want to be on camera when I talk about this. Uh, this was very disappointing over the weekend. Uh, and boxing's got a problem. And people need to start 
calling this out for exactly what it is, okay? Because we had a certain Waffen SS World War II veteran that was given a standing ovation in the Canadian Parliament, um, despite the fact that we all know what the Waffen SS was. Uh, and then that was followed up by this. Now people say, oh, Maestro, what's the big deal? That That's just a flag. Why can't he wear that flag? Why can't he go into the ring and talk, you know, and represent his flag and his beliefs? Well, have a look at that symbol, ladies and gentlemen. All right? And now have a look at this. Have a look at this. And then have a look at this. All right? And now have a look at this. I mean, it's there. It's in the top row there. It is clear what this is. I'm not going to use the words because I don't want to get further into further hot water with YouTube. But this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. And I'll let you guys use your deductive reasoning and figure out your own views on that one. But we got a problem, guys, and people really need to start talking about it. I don't want to be the only one. Who's going to talk about this in boxing? Am I going to be the only one talking about this? Or are the people going to start telling the truth about what's going on? Why is Better Be banned, but this guy, not Better Be, Bivol banned, but this, this guy is allowed to fight? On pay-per-view, no less. In Las Vegas, no less. On a Canelo undercard, no less. Bivol is banned, but this shit is allowed? I'm going to bring in base. I'm going to be in Puro Sul. What's good, guys? What's base. up? Go for it. Hey. First. Um, no, I'm just trying to get some clarity, really. Like, big up to you and the, the chat and everyone else. Uh, it's a bit late over here. But because obviously I saw the, the initial quote saying, you know, it's not Charlo's fault. And I clicked in because I was watching something else. And then I just heard you talking about the zone. Now, I, I'm just trying to work out where the correlation was because obviously it was only on the zone in the UK, not in the US. Okay. So I'm just trying to figure out how that came so, into it. Got it, got it, base. I'll, 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 and I understand where the confusion is now. So that that's partially on me. Uh, I had three segments today I was talking about. So you missed the first segment, and you 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 logged okay. in, you tuned in during the second segment. So the first segment was essentially me saying that I'm surprised that people are surprised that. It wasn't a competitive fight, okay? Uh, the second segment was me talking about the fact that I really think a doomsday scenario is going to happen pretty soon here in North America with the zone because my the zone is up for renewal. I have three friends who are also up for renewal, and I'm the only one keeping my the zone subscription, and I do it because I have this channel. If I didn't have this channel, I wouldn't be continuing my the zone. I just don't see the value for money proposition right now with the zone. You guys in the UK actually were lucky this past weekend. You got to see the Canelo fight on the zone, not on pay-per-view, correct? Right. Well, mm -hmm, here, correct. here in the US, we got Jai Opataya, which I'm I'm a huge fan of him and his skills. And I think he's the best cruiserweight by far in the division right now. But I mean, when I was growing up, base, that fight would at best have been Showtime Championship Boxing or HBO Championship Boxing. Um, 
you wouldn't have had to go out of your out, out of your way to pay a like an excessive premium service of this amount of money to watch a guy like Jai Opatia fight against Thompson. But um, weren't Showtime and HBO like premium subscription channels that you had to pay for? One hundred percent. But last time I checked. The Zone isn't showing The Wire. The Zone isn't showing Sopranos. The Zone isn't showing Game of Thrones. The Zone isn't showing Curb Your Enthusiasm. The Zone is that's just HBO. I mean, that's HBO. The boxing was a small part of HBO, mm -hmm. which is why it no longer exists on HBO. Boxing is a small part of Showtime, which is why the rumors are that it's not going to be on Showtime anymore. Everybody that I know who has The Zone has it for boxing. Okay. And all, in, instead of Sopranos, The Wire, all of these shows that are classics of, of great television, right? What we get is billiards, women's Bundesliga's football, uh, chess tournaments, I think some Czech MMA promotion that nobody's ever heard of. And that's about it. We get nothing of value here as it relates to the zone. So I didn't mean to conflate the two. I did one topic. I stopped it. Then I did another topic. And then the last topic was obviously what I just showed on screen, which I mm -hmm. find highly problematic. Okay. Well, look, I mean, what I'll say is, yeah, I agree that you guys get fleeced with the zone in America. I 100% agree with that. I think it's disgusting the price you'll have to pay. That being said, though, when you obviously compare it to the Showtime and HBO, that's a, a bit of a false comparison because it's a, it's a predominantly sports network. It's a sports platform. It doesn't show cross entertainment. It shows sports or sports entertainment. It's got like PFL. Um, it's got obviously some of the Japanese we MMA have, stuff. That PFL. We don't it's have got it over here. MMA. Yeah, I, I yeah, that. you you get a better deal for the zone than we do by far. Oh, okay. You know, you All go right. to Japan, you go to Japan, and I think they show like Champions League fo football and Premiership and all type of stuff on the zone. I'm talking about the U.S. market. Okay. The U.S. Well, see, I don't I don't know everything you like get over there. So again, I, I like I said, you do get fleeced compared to the rest. But I think part of that might be American licenses. Maybe there's a reason they can't. They can't show it in those territories. Well, I agree. Then why are they charging us more money than they charge you when they give you way more content than they give us? I think it's because they charge you way more on pay-per-views general when HBO and Showtime. So it's like, well, the American market just naturally pays more. Brother, man, I'm going to share my screen with you right now. Okay? I'm going to share my screen with everybody so they can see what's on the table today on The Zone. So... At the peak of HBO, HBO is running movies. HBO is running television shows. HBO is running all kind of stuff. All right. Um, HBO Sports, Real Time with Bill Maher. Like, you name it, they have hit shows, right? This is what we get on The Zone right now, uh, today. If you log okay. into The Zone, this is what's available on the calendar. We also didn't get fleeced all the time. Like, we actually didn't get fleeced at all when it first started. No, I agree. So this is what's on today on the Zone Base, unbeaten twenty four seven Sports Channel, and the World Grand Prix of I guess that's darts. You go to tomorrow, and we've got women's football. So Liga F is the Spanish Women's League, and we have a World Grand Prix of I don't even know what that is. Darts. Darts. Okay, then Thursday. Uh. Now they're so desperate to put content on the zone and advertise it 
They're literally showing press conferences and advertising it, things that you can watch on YouTube for free. So Wood Warrington press conference, more women's Spanish football, more darts, Zordo versus Smith press conference. This is what we get from Monday to Friday. We got some gaming now on Friday. I mean, it's a joke. This is not worth $225 base. And the reason I call it a doomsday situation is because right now, the last quarter of the year, don't forget, they raised the prices the last quarter of last year. So now is when people are having to re-up on the price increase from last year. And I'm going to tell you this. Of the three people I know that have the zone, all three are not renewing their the zone. And all three of those people are hardcore fight fans. If if that gets extrapolated, that's serious problem for the zone in the US market. Uh Puto Sur, you were second up. Go for it. Uh yeah. Uh, I'm you know, I'm one of the ones that's not gonna re-up my subscription. And the only reason is because, you know, Canelo's over there with a three fight deal. And um uh Oscar de la Hoya doesn't give us the fights we want, <laughs> you know, and uh he he works with the zone. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to re-up at least until, you know, somebody that actually like, you know, like um, presses this, his promoter or or is that big of a star that is going to go back to that to, to that network. But I mean, I'm uh, I'm not going to leave. Him. I, I'm, I don't like hold a grudge at the end of the day. They just don't offer what I want to see right now, you know. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, but I, I disagree, actually, with you, uh, Maestro. I mean, I can see where you're coming from uh, with the doomsday situation. Because at the end of the day, just like I mentioned, you know, what the partnerships uh, that they have with these promoters, I think, is their biggest issue. They're yeah. just not like for 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 what they started with as like uh, as a platform for like the boxing enthusiast. You know, they're not providing the boxing enthusiast with boxing. You get what I'm saying? Very little and not, not high quality, you know, no, I, so at I the agree. end of the day. Go ahead. No, I agree. Uh, and please finish your thought. I just wanted to say the other thing that was happening, too, was. I knew people last year that had canceled and they had decided to go month to month to month and only buy it on months where there were big fights. I -hmm. go back to those people. I'm like, how many months did you actually end up subscribing for? This past year, literally, they told me I never really bought more than a month or two at most. I mean, because they didn't have any big fights worth purchasing for, for, for a month at a time. Because back then, there, there was a time when, oh, you wanted to watch Canelo, but you didn't want to pay for the year? Okay, I'll I'll eat the $20 this month and buy the Canelo fight by essentially buying a month of the zone. When they yeah. moved it to pay-per-view, those people saw no reason to buy a $20 subscription to the zone on a month-to-month basis because they were then being asked to pay essentially, I think, like $69 or roughly $70 for a pay-per-view on the zone. They'll just go mm-hmm. get the pay-per-view on Showtime or on wherever else it was being 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 advertised. I, I, that was specifically the case with the Ryan Garcia Devin Haney. Uh, sorry, Ryan Garcia Tank Davis fight. Right? Mm-hmm. If you were a month to month the zone person, you're not gonna buy the zone just to watch Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. It's actually cheaper just to go buy it on Showtime. Well, actually, I think it was cheaper if you had a subscription, actually, Maestro, because I think um, if you had the subscription, you know, you don't that was like included in the price of the pay-per-view where in Showtime, it's like you don't even get like the month of or I don't remember if you got like a month of Showtime if you bought the pay-per-view. But at the end of the day, I mean, to me, this all uh, like uh, the reason 
because I, I still remember Canelo being with the black trunks with the big D A Z N, and they're never gonna pay. Uh, you know, we're never gonna give you um, pay per views or a thing of the past, shit like that, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, the whole uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, well, the Golden Boy Canelo situation happened. Um, um, unfortunately, like literally, like the zone um, invested their entire, um, uh, for lack of a better word, boxistic career on the back of Canelo. Yeah. At the end of the day, like they 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 um, they chose to trust in their partner that they were working with, which was Golden Boy Promotions. Obviously, that was that that was a mistake, because at the end of the day, Canelo still ended up working with them, which is which is smart. It's just good business. But at the end of the day, like uh, they they, you know, like uh, they um, fights that were promised to them, they never got, and unfortunately, they ended up paying a, a guy an exorbitant amount of money that they couldn't like kind of like retract upon because you know it's in writing it's a contract you have to pay him for a fight that they didn't get uh, um until like what, what was it last year triple g uh three yeah they didn't get it until last year and then they ended up having to pay canelo exorbitant amounts of money to fight the likes of steve rolls so um yeah yeah no. and, and the, uh, yeah and, and they wanted him to fight like i remember i remember reading the articles i remember uh that's how the whole situation like I guess I came across uh, Eddie's and, and Canelo's uh, radar is that they were presenting them fights like against Khabib and like uh, a possibility of fighting De La Hoya. And then Triple G, I think, was the 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 straw that broke the camel's back because I guess uh, originally I remember him saying it, too, that he never wanted to fight Triple G ever again. That was like, yeah. you know, like, you know, the, the, the whole sticking point that he signed, the contract that he signed is that he was get to he was going to get to choose the opponents that he was going to fight. Mm. There you go. So base, it's obviously quite different for you guys in the UK. Um, I think they have rights to more, you know, global content that uh, is probably tied up here in the US on other streaming platforms like ESPN Plus, um, which shows a lot of, of football from the various European leagues um, and, you know, even um, Latin America and Asia. Uh, you know, and obviously the domestic leads are all tied up with streaming deals here. So for us, the zone has always been about boxing, boxing, boxing. And right now, you know, look, Warrington uh, versus uh, Lee Woods, right? Would that would that have been Sky Box Office? Do you think if that was in the UK base? Um. Years ago, when not, with Sky not right now. It might have been a couple years ago before the losses. Uh, they would have they would have just stacked the undercard and put it on there, but yeah. they wouldn't have been now. Yeah. No, I mean because I mean, look for hardcore people like me and like Philly and like Puro So yeah, we're gonna watch Lee Wood versus, um, um, Josh Warrington. Josh Warrington, thank you, but. Uh, I don't really think people are that excited to pay $225 a year for that kind of content. Philly Drew, what do you think? I haven't been subscribed to this zone for eight months. And I'll be honest, it was the best decision I ever make because of the pay-per-view market that they bought, that they started. And keep we bringing, like bringing up the prices and everything for bag boxing cards. And tell you the truth, recently they had to change main events because guys got injured or guys rate overrate too much. 
they had to pull out Virgil Ortiz on a Golden Boy main event. Mm. Like this was like an Eddie Hearn with the Connell Ben situation. And and here's the other thing. When you got Eddie Hearn throwing cards, like bad boxing cards, and Oscar throwing bad boxing cards, do you really think you want to pay two hundred and twenty five dollars a year for both companies putting their fighters in protection programs? They're coming they'll be coming PBC now. Both of them. Well, it's interesting. I disagree with that. Go for go for it, base. Matt, Matt Trim's probably one of the toughest matching um, promotional companies out there. They don't protect their fighters at all. Maybe AJ, you might say they give him a touch. They might give him some lighter touches. Now he's not a champion, if anything. But he's he might be the only person. Uh, they literally do not protect their fighters. Connor Ben. Connor Ben. He ain't been protected either. Really, I kind of think they do. Connor Ben is very been protected. That's an interesting take. I don't think he's been. I don't think he's been protected. Nobody even heard of this dude that he just fought. I never heard of him. Yeah, of course, yeah, but how many fighters have, did you hear of Mauricio Laura before he knocked out Josh Warrington? Yes, you did. Well, I didn't. I disagree with base on the Connor Ben thing because he is being protected, Connor Ben. Because I, I all mean, this dude calls out is semi-retired guys and everything now. Now he wants to move up to fight Chris Eubank again because he thinks, oh, because Liam Wood knocked him out. He can knock him out. The dude that hasn't proved anything to anybody. He's tried to call out Devin Alexander. has been inactive for like four years. Chris Algieri was inactive for two and a half and was semi-retired when he fought him. Like that, and that's protection right there okay all right so say con say connor is protected then who outside of connor and again possibly aj for helenius fight let me let me who just make, let me do, let me just make a, a, a before philly answers that question i just want to make a, something clear so connor ben fought chris van heerden on the 16th of april 2022 he came back against rodolfo orozco uh, obviously on the 23rd of september Jermel Charlo fought Brian Castaño on the 14th of May, 2022. And in his, after his long spell of inactivity, he faced Saul Canelo Alvarez. I mean, I, that's kind of a big difference, is it not, Base? It is, but there's also a big difference in the pay between the two as well for those fights. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that goes without saying, but, I mean, you just look up and down Conor... Ben's record. I don't want to just make this about Connor Ben, but I mean Chris Van Heerden, Chris Algieri, Adrian Granado, Samuel Vargas, Sebastian Formella, Steve Jamoe. That guy I haven't heard of. So maybe you heard of him. I, I, I we never really heard about him on this side. Um, you look, you compare him to a guy like Jesus Ramos, who just took on Erickson Lubin. Like that was a much tougher matchup. No, I'd agree with that. That probably was a tougher matchup for that time. But all I'm saying is, okay, I'm not saying that Conor Ben is like, oh, he's match super tough. Of course, he's not match super tough. He's still building. He never had no, he never really had no amateur career. He's yeah. like one of those guys learning on the job. So I'm not expecting him to be in the biggest and toughest of fights right now. But there's every fight is still kind of a semi gradual step up from the one previous. Do people really expect that Conor Ben is gonna be like the? you know, the world beat I don't think they do. So you kind of put him in 
fights that he can win, but that can pose him some resistance. And clearly, the Chris Eubank Jr. fight was supposed to be that. And Rodolfo Orozco, they probably didn't think he was going to be as tough as he was, but that wasn't exactly a, a easy tune-up fight, if, if you want to. I don't think it was that at all. Philly, Drew, uh, the floor is yours. And, and like, like, you were, you were going to respond to what Bay said earlier. Here's another issue with match with Matt with Matchroom. They're not willing to they'll try the if they're trying to make business with other promotions to make the big fights, they got a demand that's gonna be on the zone when these other companies are are on bigger platforms than the zone, especially in North America. And like now they don't even have enough fighters to match to have big matchups with. Like Andy Cruz, you're trying to build him up as a light heavyweight, as a lightweight, right? He's trying to be that guy that he's an exceptional amateur career, and you want to bring him up like Lomachenko. There's not really a lot of guys at lightweight that you can match him up with that can give him that requisition that he's a top lightweight. And it's not going to give him that point for a while unless he goes to ESPN and fights people from top weight or maybe fighters from PBC. And those fights are not going to be made because people do not want to do business for Eddie Hart. Even but, Oscar doesn't want to do business for Eddie Hart and they're on the same network and they can't stomach each other. It's it's really like this. They could, the zone have not been putting on good fights and we're wasting, and people are wasting their money and not told people, you need to get the hell out. Do not renew your zone membership. And it's a shame now because the people that are now that have been behind protection programs, the most PBC, the past big couple of big fights have been promoted. Well, I, look, I, I, look, I got I, I've never really just bought into that like blanket statement narrative. I mean, every promotion has guys that are matched extremely soft. Um, one example for me would be the way that uh let me end that call uh one one example for me would be the way that anthony yard is matched between his world title challenges i mean extremely soft but if you look at uh matt room i'm sure they have guys that they match a little bit softer than they match others but the blanket statement like that the pbc matches everybody soft i mean to me that's just that's this is ridiculous i mean what other promoter has been matching a top prospect, a 20-year-old like Elijah Garcia, as tough as they've been matching Elijah Garcia? Have you seen who he's faced his last two fights? The 20-year-old prospect? His last fight uh, was against Armando Resendiz on the Canelo undercard. And before that, he took on my namesake out of Uruguay. Uh, 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 a, t- a, t- a tough, heavy-handed guy, by who's also named a milk card. Like, you know. And then you look at David Morrell Jr. Is he getting mad soft? I don't think so. Uh, he doesn't even have ten fights yet. Um, some people think he is. Some people think he hasn't fought anyone. I don't. I disagree. But some yeah. people think that. Yeah. Uh, Maestro, can I say one more thing? We'll go off, because I got a balance after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to end soon too. But go. Because for it. here's the thing about the Charlo and, and Canelo thing. I got bashed because I thought I said Canelo versus Charlo is the cherry pick for Canelo, and it and the pop Charlo wasn't going to have the power come up with him the one sixty eight, and that turned out to be true. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I said it at the beginning, and this is the part that those who tuned in late probably didn't hear. I'm confused why people are confused. I'm confused why people are confused that this fight wasn't competitive. You had a guy at 154 coming off a hand injury and a long spell of inactivity moving up 14 pounds to take on Canelo. And people are surprised that he got beat the way he got beat. Like, it sounds to me like people just wanted him to fight in a way that would have led to a, a brutal knockout. He he wasn't willing to play that game. That's his prerogative. Like, you want to blame somebody, blame the people that put on this fight. I mean, look, with that one, because obviously I, I never gave a, a comment on that. Yeah. I thought he was going to lose. I thought he was going to get knocked out. Yeah. And ultimately, he decided that his best course of action was to run, stay safe, f fight or flight, choose flight, and basically live live it out and say, well, at least I went in the distance. The problem is, because he didn't put in any effort whatsoever, going the distance didn't actually mean anything. It's it's almost like a worse indictment on him because his, his market value at this point is it's in the toilet. He's going to have to do at least two or three big fights back and prove something different and fight in a in a manner that he's normally accustomed to fighting in before anyone has any like belief in him again in my opinion like i looked to the fight the first all i thought was you're gonna lose anyway yep. you might think that you're climbing for greatness but not many people are giving you that chance but at least put in the a good a good spirit effort of yourself as best as you can and make it look like you you really want this these belts. That's all I wanted. Like give it look like you give a damn. He didn't look like he gave a damn. Funny thing is, uh, if you're gonna lose to Tim Zhu or you're gonna lose to Canelo, you might as well lose to Canelo for you know what might be an eight figure payday when it's all agreed after agreed. the after receipts. Because I'm picking Tim Zhu against Charlo, and same. And I was picking Tim Zhu before Charlo before this fight even happened because uh, what Brian Mendoza was able to do to Tim Zhu, sorry, to Charlo in the first in the first fight, which is essentially you mean Brian Costano? Yeah, what did I say? Oh, Brian Mendoza. Mendoza. I say that. Thank you so much. Uh, it's one of these brain things that I have. I get certain people's names backwards. Yes, Brian Brian um, Castano. What you know? Smart application of pressure. Um, and while Tim Zhu is not the volume puncher that Castaño is, he's an extremely sharp and extremely powerful puncher with a relatively tight defense and an ability to keep constant pressure on you. Um, I always felt that that would cause a trouble for Charlo. And, you know, if he goes back down to 154, I don't really think that's going to be good for him, given the success rate of people that go up drastically in weight and then go right back down afterwards. Um, so that was that. Uh, Base, before I wrap things up, you know, Base is, you know, he does this thing where he kind of pokes fun at himself and calls himself a casual. He's not a casual. He's Base, the hardcore fight fan. Uh, but check out Base. I'm a, no, I'm a casual in, in basically, when I say I'm a casual, is because I don't watch everything. Oh, I'm God. a hardcore in terms of I watch, you know, I'll watch most of the weight classes. I, I watch as many fights as I can, but I don't watch everything and I don't care to watch everything. I don't study all of the amateurs. I'll, if I if I watch the amateur stuff, it's only because I like one or two people and I'll follow them. But I don't watch everything. That's why I say casual in that sense. But I'm hardcore because I watch more than most. 
Well, let me uh, let me put it to you like this. Like the other day, I was watching Hades' channel, and he said he never heard of Jai Pattaya before he beat Marius Bradis. Um, mm -hmm. You probably heard of him because you knew about him from the amateurs and being a young Australian amateur at the Olympics. I'm sure you knew that, right? I knew that. I had, I oh, knew the you're name. Not, you're not a casual. No, I knew the name, but I hadn't actually seen any of his any of his pro fights before the the Bradis fight. I'd, I've, I had to watch one before I did my my picks. I hadn't seen him, but I knew the name because I'd heard about the name from the Olympics. Mm. But that was, you know, but I didn't follow him since then. Got it. So there you go. Yeah, I gotta uh, run, Maestro. Thank you for having me, brother. Oh no, I was gonna give you the last word, uh, Puto. So go for it. You've been on. Oh here. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man. Sorry, I had to get my kid ready. So she had to go somewhere. But uh, uh, yeah, thank you for having me, Maestro. Uh, the last point I wanted to, to make, actually, before I, I had to uh, go on mute, is that um, I think the zone is trying to find those, especially for our market here in the United States. They're all trying to find ways so they won't have to lose, like you know, because I, I think if they do go into disaster mode or whatever, and they cease to at least function in this country, they're going to yeah. lose a lot of money, additional money that they invested. But I do remember, like, the North American CEO was saying that, like. Like literally putting out kind of like an open letter to like fighters that needed uh, a broadcaster, you know, to to host their fights. Like that they 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 said they weren't opposed to you know, you know, uh, um, receiving any any fighter from any promotion, even if they're promoted with somebody or not, to to fight on their platform if needed. And I do remember that um, they never they never were even though Oscar says it they they never were a roadblock in 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 a fight happening. Got it. Well, I'm telling you what I'm looking forward to. I am looking forward to 2024. I'm going to be tuning into base picks. Bases picks. It's one of my routines late in the week. I go on the YouTube, usually on a Friday or Saturday, and I check out my brother base for the bases picks. You got to check out bases picks, but I'm telling you which bases pick I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the two in particular. I'm looking forward to bases picks. In and around like October 25, 26, 27, 28, we got Fury versus Engano. Then I'm looking forward to Bases Picks, Fury versus Usyk for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Bay I can tell you right now, there will be no Fury and Garnu picks. I will not be covering that. I will not be watching it. No. I don't care. Base, you did, you did, uh, you did, uh, the, 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 the bases picks when, when, um, uh, what's his name? KSI was fighting swarms. Like you could do this. No, I didn't do it for that. I did it for, K I did it for Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. You did the one with, uh, with, um, uh, KSI versus, uh, Fournier. No, like, I didn't. Picks. I didn't. That, that was never on the bit. No, only Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. That's the only one I've done from any misfits or anything like that. So you're not doing a Logan Paul versus uh nope. in Dennis or or a KSI nope. versus uh no KSI Tommy Fury bases picks is in the pipeline, right? I don't think so. No, to be honest, because I think Jake Paul took boxing more seriously. So that was more even. I don't I, I probably won't. I'm poking if you want if you want me to, you I'll, I'll put it in there. You know I was doing that. I'll tell you why right. I was doing that. I was doing that to prove that he's not a hardcore casual. He's a hardcore fan. There's no casual in base and bases picks. So there you go. Uh, but you yeah. will be doing one next year, 2024. 
Fury versus Yeah, if that fight happens, I will definitely be doing that. And it will be it will have its own show. It won't be a part of any others. It will have its own individual breakdown. There you go. Because it will deserve it. There you go. So you're gonna do that when uh, with Tony P, Tony Pugilist boy? Oh well, no, that will just be that will come after. That will be post analysis. I'll I will do my own individual like prediction Maybe. with strengths and we and maybe even some video footage. Who knows? I, I might go all out for that one. That would be good. Well, hopefully yeah. I'll be able to make it back to the undefeated podcast. Those of you maybe don't know that Bass is a executive producer of that show. He's controlling scenes in the background. He's supporting the show. He's making those executive calls. Uh, unfortunately, it conflicts with my workday uh, now, Bass, but um, I will do my best to come back uh, uh, to full form and uh, return to defend my heavyweight championship. Yeah, it'd be good to have you back. Yes, sir. All right, base. Everybody, right. my brother, base. Thank you, base. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This was uh, Punchlines. If you don't know, well, now you know. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and uh, make sure you ding the notification bell, too, to figure out when I go live, when I release content, and to keep up to date on everything going on. Punchlines, thank you so much. I'll see you guys. Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plant it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a taste. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase.